Hi, I'm Chief Bob Vasquez. And I'm Dr. Jose Lugo Santiago. Welcome to Leaders and Futures. Let us have a new kind of conversation, one about leading as futures emerge, are yet to happen, or plainly need to be reimagined. Someone has said that the best way to predict the future is to create it. Although it's impossible to predict the future, one thing is certain, you must lead in it. It's time to think differently about leading. This podcast is powered by the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. Let's get started with today's discussion on leaders and futures. Pues hola Lugo, happy Hispanic Heritage Month. Oh my goodness, already here. You, you, you don't even know where you are. You, do you know that you're back home? <laughs> <laughs> I, I am back home. It, okay. it time, it times just go so fast. Yes. But but yeah, you know, uh, uh, yes. Happy birthday to you too. Or happy <laughs> heritage. Hispanic yes. heritage. Month. Yes. Yes. You know, I, well, the first time I, I never knew about that word until I came to the United States. Is that right? What, Hispanic? In Puerto Rico. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I mean, I sounded, I always thought it sounded kind of strange. He, he panics. You know, yeah. he panics. That's how it sounded to me. <laughs> Why would I panic? <laughs> well, uh, have you been in East LA? <laughs> There's some places no, you, you want to panic. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. And there, hey, I've been in San Juan, and there are some places there that I panicked. <laughs> so there's yeah, uh, there every, are some places there you can. Yeah, every city has that. But uh, but anyway, yeah, we're uh, we want to give a shout out to all of our. Uh, Listeners who are celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month, and it's a it's an interesting thing because we 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 gotta be different, Lugo, because our Hispanic Heritage Month is from the fifteenth of September to the fifteenth of October, which is like the middle of the month to the middle of the month. Every other month that we celebrate is at the beginning of the month. But you know, uh, that's just the way we are, uh, it, and it has nothing to do that with us being two weeks late. Okay, for for those people that, that are stereotyping us, so and. Uh, and let's tell our, our audience, if, in case they don't know, you're from Puerto Rico and I'm from New Mexico. So uh, we are Latinos. I call, I'd rather have Latino than Hispanic, but I'm Chicano. Mm -hmm. So, um, and uh, what do you, there, now you guys, you have a term in Puerto Rico for Jivaro, no? Is that some? So that's, Jivaro is a, is a person, is, is a native, right? A person uh, isn't endangering. Uh, you know, a, a term of love, right? That we we talked about. It means that that we are from the land, right? That we are oh, from, and okay. that's what that means. But a hibaro, for the most part, back in in the very industrial times, uh, agricultural, it means it was the person who worked this hat, right? And and work in the fields. It worked uh, on the land. Yeah. And so so that uh, uh, translated, right? When you say you're a hibaro. It means that you are from the land, okay. and which is is a term of you know of love, right? Because we love our island, the island of Puerto Rico. Yeah. Uh, but we say anybody who's uh, from Puerto Rico, we call them a Boricua. Boricua, Boricua is is the uh, is the Native American term for the island. It was the island of Boriquen. and so when the Spaniards conquered it, they changed the name, right? Because they found gold. And they call it the the, the rich port, right? Uh, but we always called it because most of our, you know, our heritage is mixed, right? But a, a big part of our heritage is Native American, and so we called it, you know, we call ourselves Boricuas, right? right. If you're a Boricua, it means you're from, you were born from the island. You're right. a Boricua, bo, uh, born in Boricen. Okay, but that's different than being born in New York. 
<laughs> yeah, that would be different. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but Puerto Ricans born in in New York, right? We call them New Yorkicans, at least New in York. the island. Yeah. We call them New Yorkicans. Yeah. All right. Enough of a for a history lesson, but uh, <laughs> that was a little of, bit of a heritage, right? A heritage, oh, exactly. Heritage. Exactly. We're proud of that. We are who we yes, are. We are. But uh, the topic that I wanted to address today, Lugo, because I heard a lot about it last week. Last week, I, I was like Mr. Social Butterfly. Uh, I went out for dinner and lunch sometimes every day last week, uh, talking to wow. people, uh, uh, mentoring them, learning from them, being mentored. And um, it was great. I, I loved it. Uh, although by uh, Friday night, I was worn out. Uh, I don't think I can <laughs> yes. do that anymore. Uh, not uh, regularly but anyway the, the 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 topic that kept coming up is how do i lead my peers you know which we talked about that several episodes ago i, I don't remember when uh but the, mm, you know yes. i thought let's let's re, let's revisit that because uh you know i i don't know if anybody teaches that and i did a, a quick uh, uh, look at, at uh, amazon and i didn't see anything that really no kidding is says talks about leading peers, which I, I challenge you. How about let's, let's write a book on that. And um, mm. uh, maybe based on uh, yeah. the topics that we're talking about, because I, I think that's important. And uh, if anybody that's not really understanding what we're talking about as far as leading your peers. So here I am. Uh, I'm a, a stellar, I'm a stellar employee. And the person ahead of me gets promoted out. So there's a position for a, a manager, supervisor, leader, whatever you want to call it. And the boss picks me. Now, one day, I'm us because we're together. We're employees. You know, we're all getting the same pay grade and all. And then the next day, I'm the leader. What do we do? What do I do? Well, now you're not a peer. I'm not a peer. No. Well, kind of. Right. Kind of because we're still young. You know, uh, we're still mm. – we, we, we came together. We came here at the same time. You know, all the other things are the same except that now I'm in charge. You know, you are in charge. And so what happens, you know, it's it's that's hard for everybody, right? It's hard for yeah. the person to accept that you have to you have a responsibility. Sometimes you accept that responsibility cheerfully. But those people who are watching may not. Right. Some people will be cheerfully uh, saying, uh, saying, yes, uh, absolutely. We're very happy. You deserve it. Others may not for many reasons, envy uh, others because they thought, hey, wait a minute, that's, what's, that's sort of supposed to be my opportunity. And so I think uh, the the newly promoted person has to deal with those dynamics because now the team is different. It's a different team. And, and so you have to grow through the team formation process and uh, although the team has been together for uh, for a while a lot of times when we think about team dynamics we think about getting new people into the team and then uh, the team goes through the stages of team development and then we may be at the norming or performing stage if the team has been doing amazing and then all of a sudden we take a team member out and we put a new one and when we we examine what happens with the team dynamics and yes there is plenty of evidence that says that dynamics are different and you have to grow through it but the same occurs when now you have a person who has changed roles and that's what happens in here in the, in the example that you're mentioning now this person is no longer a team member, but is charged with leading a team. And although the people understand how the person is going to behave and it behaves as, as he or she is within the team, 
the truth is that this person is now a leader. And as a leader, the person is going to have to understand how to best manage the team. And it will manage the team in a different way. And that causes friction. Especially okay. you're, you're well, thinking that you are in the norming and performing stage and you're managing the team like that. And it just may not be. Yeah. The person may revert to other, you know, like for example, directing or, you know, maybe not so much, but who knows? Yeah, what, one of those behaviors. Right. Well, and, and let, let me take a step back a little bit. So you are the leader of the the team within which the person just got promoted. So you're the leader's leader the new leader's leader, okay? What if I, okay, so you come in and, and you say, Chief, uh, I want you to lead this team. What if I can't? What What if I don't, not, not well, I don't have the, the capacity. Somehow you think that I, because here's what happens, I think, Lugo, is we, we promote the high-performing person, not necessarily with the skills to lead, which are different than performing. So, you know, I, I, I'm a tree cutter, and I'm a really, really good tree cutter. But you know, I can't. I don't have the capacity nor the training to to uh, guide anybody else to doing the job that you're paying me to do, or that we're getting paid to do. I can't, boss. I can't. What about that? And, and how am I going to go up to you and say that? I can't. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Yeah. I think most people most people will not say I can't. They'll just accept the role and maybe fail. But we, they haven't trained. Right. They're not trained and they're not capable of. You know, not everybody can lead. I don't care what everybody anybody says. Everybody says, well, you can teach them. No, that's BS. Uh, there are some mm -hmm. people that cannot lead, and that's okay. God bless them. That's mm -hmm. okay. But some people just do not have and will never have what it takes. Some people are just born leaders, regardless of what anybody says. Yeah, that's promotion based on technical skills and not on leadership merit. Uh, it, that's Those two things are different. All right, because one requires that you're looking at the big picture. You know, some, some time ago, I remember we talked about characteristics of great leaders. And one of the things that we mentioned in regards to leaders, we said, of course, they have honesty, competency. The competency was a, a very big factor in making and, and, and people being recognized as leaders so people can can follow, right? But then you have these other, other ones that are very important, like forward-looking. You can look ahead. Uh, you can think critically. You also understand the the actions and reactions based on the uh, uh, on the decisions that you're making, and and so a person can be technically skilled, but not but the person may not be able to be a good forward looker, right? Not not having foresight, right? And then the other and the person may not be able to understand how things in the environment are connected, so. The person has little, I would say, sense in regards to to how those decisions he's making is affecting or will affect the future, her future, his future, or the future of the team or the organization, you know, later on. And and so that requires leadership. I'm not saying I don't think that, uh, that, that anyone is incapable of learning that. Some people learn at different levels, right? Some people yeah. are slower than others in learning. Yeah. Uh, but I think what you have to evaluate is does the organization has the time, right? The lead time to to wait until the person is a full-fledged leader. We do also understand that uh, 
that people learn through doing. Uh, we just we were just at WashU and we were uh, inaugurating a leadership uh, uh, two leadership cohorts that we're running through. And one of the things that we talked with them, we told them is that uh, how we developed a curriculum was based on this 70 20 10 uh, method. Basically, it says that 70 percent of how we learn is by us doing 20 percent of it is uh so so it's experience right 20 percent is uh maybe uh, it's peers you know we learn from peer to peer and then 10 percent is knowledge we're in a classroom and we learn that's pretty fascinating so it means if you're talking about a, a person who's trying to lead peers uh the person initially may not be prepared but the person is going to be thrust in there and hopefully the person goes through a, a good process of reflection. And so you see the person got to be coached through that. And then so the person is doing 70 percent of the, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying this is definite, but 70 percent of this person growth will have to deal with the person examining how he or she is making decisions and what happens. And then. 20% of that is getting feedback from peers. And then 10% is getting in the books, I guess, in helping and, and trying to understand, okay, where, where somebody out there can help me? Uh, can I learn something from somebody? And so all these three things uh, will make the leader. And I think uh, it will help the person because the, the original premise for us was to understand how do we lead peers? Right. right. That's what we were talking about. Right. And I was a team member and all of a sudden now I am a leader. And so people don't want to follow me. Right. For many reasons. Right. And so you have to emerge, you meaning the person who is in, in that position in the scenario that you mentioned before, where the person just got promoted, that I'm going to have to be. Uh, I'm going to have to do a lot of reflection as I go through what I do. I understand how my decisions are affecting everybody. I'm going to be conscious about my lack of foresight because I was not exposed to the kind of things that I am now exposed. And right. then I have to manage the team, but I also have to get uh, that feedback from the team. So the team understand that I'm also learning. And, and that is a very vulnerable position yeah right? because it requires oh, yeah. a lot of humility right because you're there and you're you're telling everybody okay i don't know everything but we're gonna do this together and then the rest of the team is like uh you know what i am not sure if i want to be in 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 this vehicle while you're while we're driving at high speed and you're learning how to drive so yeah. so that that's a it is not a an easy situation now uh, let, let me um uh go back to a, a previous episode that we did last year sometime where I argued that experience was important and you argued that it was not. Now How we do have you remember that uh, it was a long time I, because ago. Because there are some things I remember. And that's one of the keeping count on me or something. I, I've been waiting. Are you writing this stuff somewhere? I, I'm, I've been waiting for this opportunity to correct you. And uh, now we got some data that says 70% is experience, which means I was correct in, in the first place. So yeah, I will accept your apology and, and, and then we'll move on. But we'll, uh, we'll have to look back, you know, we'll have to look back to exactly what we were talking about. Yeah. 70, 20, 10. Yeah. Okay. So experience, 
70 percent what was it we learn i'm sorry 20 20 percent is uh peer-to-peer -peer learning okay 20 percent is peer-to-peer -peer learning and then 10 percent is uh, knowledge uh, training uh, education yeah and all kind of, okay. correct training right. education getting a book learning myself yeah so if uh for you listeners out there that are wondering how do we do this how do i do this and i hope it's some of you that were we, we i was talking to this uh this past week that's the formula or at least a formula because we 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 keep saying we don't want to be prescriptive but this is good data. 70% experience, 20% peer learning, and 10% education, training, whatever. We'd say education and training. So, but every leader who is going to pick another leader, Lugo, should know that stuff, but I doubt that they do. And again, I, if, and the question that I, I was posing was, what happens if the person can't? Well, the first thing I think as a, as a as more senior leader is I should look for the person who can based on those things, who has 30% experience, 20% uh, peer learning and 10% training education. And if not, then I should provide them that as, as soon as I can, as much as I can. Now there's going to be emergencies sometimes where whatever the person leaves, God forbid dies, uh, moves on or whatever. Now Vasquez, you're in, you're the, you're the boss. Well, you know, again, I can't, yet that's a good that's a good word i think i can't yet well my leader needs to be under, under understand that they're gonna you know yeah i've got the experience i've been doing it for a long time uh the peer learning well we'll have to discuss that i'll i'll have to evaluate that as the, the more senior leader and then the education training i can you know there's records right that we, we we've been sending this guy to this that all that kind of He's got a PhD, whatever, all of that kind of stuff. So that's almost an easy one. But I, if I'm selecting someone, should know those things and keep that in mind so that I don't put – Here's, I think this happens a lot, Lugo, and I think this is part of the, the uh, discussion that I had, uh, discussions I had last week, is someone is thrown in one without real – you know, all of a sudden, I'm the leader. But, uh, you know, I, I can't because I'm not ready. And we, I think as a senior leader, we need to pick the people that are ready – but we pick the person that we like. You know, we're I biased. We well, are biased. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care. You you can argue all you want. Come on, come on, Lugo, bring it, bring it. But we're biased. <laughs> if I'm gonna pick you're you talking know. about deliberate leadership development, right? That's what you're talking about. Well, and how well, many how many of those people that you know that said, you know what? How many of those leaders said, you know what? I have you on this in in this uh, ILDP individual leadership development plan and these uh all, all of these courses all of these behaviors and everything i've been analyzing all of these things you are ready now i i bet if i go out there and do you know to our listeners and you know, we ask them i tell you probably less than five percent of them are in an you know some kind of individual leadership development plan where the leader is saying is watching have been looking and have been like we call developing the bench and so, of course, people get get selected in some cases because of their technical skills, and and they might be so. You know, some people that are they don't need all this education. You know, I think sometimes what we need is more common sense than yeah. you know yeah. all this education. And I think that's a, a good a good point to be. Can this person does this person have common sense? You know, that's a good quality on a leader. And and then can this person make that happen and lead their peers? I think that's. That's good. But of course, you want to make sure the person has some kind of background. There's a lot of stuff you can teach to people, but common sense, I don't know.
Well, common sense <laughs> isn't always common, unfortunately. I mean, you, you that, look that's around. Right. That, that's right. Uh, it's amazing. But, uh, well, anyway, so the, the in peer leading, I think there's, there's a, a dual responsibility in, first, the new leader, the person that just got promoted, to tell their boss, I can't, in case the boss doesn't know. And the leader, the senior leader, to know that this person can't yet, but we're going to invest time, money, resources to get that person to the point where they are a good leader, or at least they, they won't, we're not going to uh, set them up for failure. But that happens a lot. We set people up for failure. Only I don't know. Is it laziness? I don't know. But I think probably because we don't know those three things. One more time, those three things was 70% experience. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that. I'm going to tattoo that one on my chest. Oh. So, <laughs> 70% uh, oh, experience. Adults learn, right? Adults learn, right? 70% <laughs> experience. 20% yes. you know, is peer-to-peer learning, right? So, yep. And then 10% is you know, knowledge acquired through classrooms, education, just like yes. you mentioned. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, we run out of time. Uh, let's keep t- talking about this wow. because I think it's a good Wait. topic uh, that we can uh, uh, do for several, I don't know, maybe five, six months, something like that, <laughs> until we write the book. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Then we'll okay. just refer them to the book. That's right. <laughs> All right, Lugo. Well, you have a good week. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Chief. You too. Take care. Thank you for listening. We hope today's topic connected with you and helped you reflect on the work leaders do to get out of a narrow focus on one future and into a broader range of possible alternatives. If you'd like to connect with us, find us at leadersandfutures.com. And if you would like to learn more about leadership and future studies, we have several programs to help you at the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. Until next time, Be great.